What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Oh, win is a win. That is what we're going to call it. 27 to 20, Kansas City getting it done up in Minnesota. Oh, Mike Dana getting that last sack, taking things down in Minnesota. Like I said, 27 to 20. We are here at the Kingdom Bar. Like we've been telling you all season long, this is the place to be for all of the Chiefs games. We got plenty to break down. We'll have a toast date later on. Thanks to Big Holiday. And like I said, lots to, lots to break down. We got all the boys at home uh, today. It's going to be a fun one here at the Kansas City Sports Network. Most game show starts right now. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN postgame show. 27-20, the Kansas City Chiefs go on the road and beat the Minnesota Vikings to extend their win streak to four games. What's up, everybody? Kent Swanson here with Craig Stout, Maddie Lane, celebrating another Kansas City Chiefs victory. 27-20, Patrick Mahomes, 31 of 41, 281 yards, two touchdowns. Quite the performance from him and uh, his running mate, Travis Kelsey. Maddie Lane, how are we doing today? Listen, I mean, we're doing good. Chiefs come away with the victory on the road. It was a close game. You know, I don't even think it was a weird game. It was just a difficult game. The Vikings, you know, they were one and four this year, and all their games, yet again, have been one score games. They could have, they could very easily be five and zero oh right now yeah. at this point. It, it's wild. So the Vikings aren't an easy team. So getting this win is big. It, it's good for the Chiefs. I think we saw some flashes on both sides of the ball to be really excited about, Craig. Yeah, really excited about. Obviously, a little bit of a tense moment in the middle of the game. We'll talk about it here in a little while with uh, Travis Kelsey going out. I think everybody's seasons flash before their eyes momentarily. So uh, it's good to be out on the other side from that. Defense, young players in the secondary playing well. There's a, There are a lot of positives to take from this game, even if kind of the overall taste in our mouth after this isn't quite as pleasant as we hoped it would be. Yeah, I don't know if I'm overly... You know, I'm not through the moon for the performance, but I'm also not like overly disappointed either. Like the Chiefs went and took care of business. They went and beat a team on the road in a tough environment. Uh, and, you know, they overcame some adversity too, right? So, and hey, I, I got a lot to go. I like to go with that too. Let's talk about some of that adversity. Travis Kelsey uh, early in the second or quarter or sometime in the second quarter goes down with a non-contact injury. Uh, everyone in Kansas City holds their collective breath. A guy that's been dealing with some injuries already so far this season uh, with the hyperextended uh, knee right before the first game of the season. Then has a non-contact foot injury, you know, shortly after turning 34 years old. And I think, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things we're running through Chiefs fans heads, right? Like there's a lot of, you know, I we don't need to we don't need to probably recap all of those thoughts because if you're listening to this you probably all thought them but he comes back everything seems to be just fine they go do some precautionary x-rays everything checks out okay and Travis Kelsey comes back and guts out and puts together a really solid second half that this team badly needed Maddie no, I mean, absolutely. We were all obviously very nervous when he went down because the way he went down was pretty, pretty bad. It was right as he tried to pivot and accelerate upfield. He immediately, the replay kind of catches it, immediately reaches down to like the outside of his foot towards his heel. He doesn't grab anything, but he's clearly reaching down there and his reactions coming off the field, going to the locker room early, just the way that he looked very upset and dejected. I think a lot of people kind of assumed the worst. He then doesn't come out after halftime and everybody's kind of already done, like set their mind in for the worst. Then he comes running out, takes him a while to get in the game, but heck, he was just as productive in the second half of this game as he was the more productive in the second half of this game than he was the first half. So I'm sure that angle, ankle hurt like hell, but like he was doing a great job out there gutting through it. He was still the reliable guy that Mahomes is looking for. That kind of like final drive to take the lead. That was, I mean, essentially going to Kelsey every which way they possibly could. And he was making up for every single thing that he possibly could. So I it was good to see him back out there. It was good to see him fight through that. But man, the Chiefs do need to find a reliable answer that doesn't ask a 34-year-old tight end who now has had two lower body injuries in the past month and a half 
to do everything for them. And we might as we'll talk about some flashes of guys that might be coming up there. But like, Greg, can they keep relying on a one leg Kelsey here? I mean, not only can they, they will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we've been talking about oh, Travis Kelsey's not getting any older for years now, and he just continues to suit up. A really gutsy performance, you know, 11 targets, 10 receptions, 67 yards, like, and a tutty. You know, that that's an incredibly efficient stat line and what this team needed. I'm going to say it. I thought it was an Achilles injury when, when he went down. Yes, he jogged off the field, you know, kind of mitigating some of those fears, but I thought it was an Achilles injury. I thought that this team was going to be without their best receiving weapon for historically, just ever their best receiving weapon going out this early in the season. Like, again, it, like I said, the season was flashing before my eyes just a little bit there. It was really good to see him come back out there, you know, basically all spatted up there. He, he was able to move pretty well. I was worried that he wasn't going to be able to move laterally. That was just fine for Travis Kelsey. So really gutsy performance. Toradol's a hell of a drug. <laughs> uh, slit film. Fields, there's like three left of the NFL. Minnesota's getting uh, theirs removed next year. I think the Swifties might be able to take credit for some of this, though, because they're already up in arms about their guy. I don't think the turf was the issue. The issue with turf, though, isn't it like usually you get a little bit stuck in there? And like the way he slid out, I don't even know if that was a turf thing. I don't know. I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue to blame it. Um, I am really excited. And I, we can get into some of this a little bit deeper too uh, later on. But, you know, Mahomes, I thought played pretty well um, for big stretches of the game. There's some, there's some, there's some moments I think that we're continuing to kind of question, but we'll get to some of that later. But what I think one thing I want to talk about before we go to, to, to Haley and Kendall Gaiman here in a little bit is the come out of halftime, it's a tie ball game. And there's no Travis Kelsey for the first possession. And Mahomes and a young group of receivers go out and put together a touchdown drive when the team needed them the most. You know, we've talked a little bit about, and we said we were going to be saying this on this show, hopefully. Well, some things had to start clicking with these young guys. Mahomes had to start trusting these young guys a little bit more. And he came out and trusted this group uh, and in some big moments, I mean, Rashi, Justin Ross on a big, you know, second and 17, Rasheed Rice, big targets, you know, when Travis Kelsey's out in that drive and on a third and, you know, a third down catches a ball and finishes it for a touchdown. You know, it was just really good to see Mahomes throwing with confidence to this young group and this group without Travis Kelsey putting together a big touchdown drive to start the second half, Matt. Well, but even more so, that drive started with a sack. That drive started with an eight-yard sack, followed by a Kadarius Tony pass that got net zero yards. It immediately was a third and 18, in which the Chiefs did not pick up the blitz or the darn on this third and 18. And Mahomes lobbed, I mean, let's call it what it was, a duck up in the air, a prayer up in the air that was going right to a defensive back. And then wide receiver one, Justin Watson, climbs the ladder, pulls it up and out of the DB's hands, and comes down with the catch. I, I, I agree that Patrick Mahomes played a lot better in this game. There was a lot of stretches where he was throwing confidently and playing really well. When he was throwing the ball downfield, it looked really ugly. And some of that was the pressure coming and throwing off his back foot. Some of that was decision making, timing, all these things. But like that play, I think that play kind of sent the Chiefs onto what was like the the rhythm and the confidence they needed to get the win. But that particular play, that's all Justin Watson to me. That's all Justin Watson. I, Tony Romo was giving Mahomes a lot of credit for being the only guy to throw that up. Like, no, I think a lot of QBs throw that ball up there because it was not a good pass. And Justin Watson made a phenomenal play. So hat tip to him because he caught a lot of flack from Chiefs fans all summer long. Wide receiver oh. one, Justin Watts. All <laughs> summer long. Listen, y'all want to keep seeing more of eight and four out there and you're neglecting 84 being out there making plays for this offense. What I mean, I even said it in the KCSN Discord. Rasheed Rice was was crucial on that drive. Don't get me wrong. That touchdown, he big boyed Bayron Murphy. Just absolutely big boyed him. Got open in the middle of the field for that touchdown. But I said in the KCSN Discord, he might want to split that 
TD ball with uh, Justin Watson on that one for absolutely climbing the ladder, going up and making a play. We haven't seen enough of that. Like it, when things go bad, they kind of put it on Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, which that Travis Kelsey catch that he went up, climbed the ladder for on a third down was terrific as well. But they put it on those two guys time and time and time again. We've been talking about guys stepping up, making plays. Justin Watson did today, multiple times. It wasn't just that play. He caught a couple of passes. I think we're to the point now where any anybody that wants Justin Watson to get less snaps isn't watching the same game that I am anymore because this man is consistent. He's in the right spots. He's doing what he needs to do. And now he's making big-time plays on third downs for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, there's not much more you can ask for a guy that I think a lot of people saw as like wide receiver six on this team. He is wide receiver one for this Kansas City Chiefs offense. And it's kind of funny. He do- always does it in limited limited snaps to, or uh, targets too. <laughs> he had three targets today. Two catches, 56 yards, that big 33-yarder on a, a third and 18 or third and 17. Just an absolutely absurd uh, moment there. But it was good to see this team generate some offense and guys make some plays, some guys that, you know, this team's going to need to make plays for the rest of the season, you know, kind of step up in that last, in that big drive, you know, that right out of the half, responded shortly after the Kelsey injury and the Kelsey concerns, and they just go down, drive the field, and get a big, massive touchdown. Ultimately, I mean, that's the, the those two touchdowns decide the game for the Chiefs, and that first one was absolutely crucial. Let's go to Haley Lewis and Kendall Gammon. Their takes on this. All right, thank you. All three boys at home this weekend, I guess. So we got a lot to talk about, Kendall Gammon, as you mentioned. Joining me now, a former Chief, and you've been around this team. You've watched this team a lot. It's yet again another week where we're down to the wire with a team that the Chiefs should be, quote-unquote, yeah. beating by a good margin. Walk me through what you think the issue is and why these close games keep happening for the reigning Super Bowl champs. Well, Haley, you bring up a great point. I think when you look at it, the fact is, number one, one in three, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, this was almost a do-or-die game for them. But the fact is, if they... If they got this, they were back in it. They're now they're one and four, so it, it's not going great for them. And I just think not that it was more important, but it was do or die. And the other thing is, and we say it all the time, it's a cliche, but it, it's the truth, which is the Chiefs are going to get the best shot each and every week, and they got it. That being said, I still think the chemistry between Patrick Mahomes and the young receiver group uh, has a ways to go. It's getting better. Rasheed Rice, we'll talk about that later. I I, I think. I thought what he did today was good. I think he's going to continue. I like I like his body. I like what he does and what I'm seeing and how he's progressing uh, as, as a rookie. So it's just one of those things. It's tough. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Rasheed Rice picking up his second touchdown in his rookie yes. season already. That first one being back in week one against Detroit. Let, let's expand more on that. You know, those younger receivers. Yes, it's going to take time. Yes, right. it's going to be, you know, the pace of the game, the chemistry that they need. We obviously see that connection with Travis right. and Patrick Mahomes. It's just a chemistry that takes years of building. So flashes of Justin Ross and, and Rasheed Rice. What did you like about them, and where do you think they could potentially go when we're, when we're talking again, hopefully, week 12, week you know, 13 and on? Well, I think Watson's a big-bodied receiver. He does a good job going up and getting the ball. Uh, I'm more, and, and I don't know a lot about him. I, I watch them, obviously, but Rasheed Rice is the one that, gets to me I just feel like when he gets the ball in his hands afterwards he's great with with, with uh, the run after the catch and we have seen him drop some balls I get that but you know yeah. the fact is I don't care how high you're you're drafted and how well you did in college you can get a little bit nervous uh out there and you know he's starting to get in the flow of it but I thought today he did some nice things caught some some very key balls and then you know the, the fact is uh, eventually you just have to step up and perform that's what he's doing and you're with what I say is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Sure. I know he doesn't have all the Super Bowls as Tom Brady, but nobody's done the things that he's done and that can't that that he can do. So um, I, I don't know. I think they're going to continue to get better as long as they can continue to. It's a weird way to say tread water, win win game, blood. They <laughs> tread water uh, as they get towards the end of the season. They start to get that chemistry going. That's what's important. Is that that stretch run the last probably four to five games what they're going? And I know we're a ways away from there, but. If they can just get there and be okay, I think they'll 
they'll eventually get that working together. Yeah, find a, find a way to win. There's no question about Cut it. Got out another. They reading. don't they don't give style points. You know that. You you <laughs> you reported on this right. your your whole life. They don't give st- style points in the NFL. It's a win or a loss. They don't they don't go back and describe it afterwards. Right. I I think that's a good point to 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 say because when we look back at this game, yeah, there are a few key things that we'll think about. But the biggest thing is the fact that the Chiefs got the W. Right. You're right. I mean, I played for Mike Dick. I played for Dick Vermeil. I played for uh, Bill Cower and all of them at one point in time when we win a game ugly, they're like, listen, they're not going to go back. And as I said, give style points. It's the fact of did you win or did you lose? Was it pretty? Was it ugly? Doesn't matter. You won the game. And this wasn't as ugly. This wasn't an ugly wasn't game. Ugly it wasn't saying. ugly. They've, they've won uglier games. I'll sure. say that. But they won. And, and in a convincing fashion, I think. So let's talk about a few people who were the reason that the Chiefs right. got this thing done. When you look at Patrick Mahomes, when you look at Travis Kelsey, Kelsey coming back yeah. off an injury, yeah, yeah, yeah. fighting through that, picking up that touchdown. Um, I was as confused, I'm sure, as a lot of people when I saw him run in for that last play in the end zone. And you're just like, wait, what, what is going on here? But Travis is a team player. Yeah. He's a guy who will get it done no matter what happens. Um, he's getting older, just yeah. 34 this yep. week. With a lot on his shoulders. We don't even need to name what's going on right. out in the public right now. What? I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's a lot of you know, yeah. eyes on him yeah. right now in the media. Talk about just the fact that him as a veteran player was able to step up and get that done through injury. It's pretty impressive. And I know Travis decently, and, and he's just the quintessential professional in what he does. And the, the thing that comes first and foremost, other time never loses. So it's coming at some point in time. But, <laughs> yeah, we but know. He, I mean, he is the greatest tight end to ever play. There's just no doubt about it. But the one thing that comes to mind to me is not even on the field is when they showed a picture or showed the video of him talking with Big Red. And, and, and Coach Reed, he's talking with And you could just see the respect between both of them. Coach Red knows that he's not getting BS by, by uh, Travis. And he's telling him what he can do, what he can't do, and, and ta- telling him how he is. And and Big Red has to trust that, and I think he does. And he basically let him know I can I can do some things. And what we saw, and you saw him come in and make a difference afterwards. I did not think he would continue to play. I thought he tweaked it bad enough. I did not think it was an Achilles because he was walking, but I thought he tweaked it bad enough that they might hold him out. But again, and maybe they would have, except he's a veteran, and right. and he has this trust with Coach Reed, which I think. That's one of the many things that Coach Reed does so very well is how he communicates with guys, how he gets them to respect him because of how he holds himself. And with that true communication, I mean, human beings are packed animals. We want to connect and we want to contribute to things. And and they do it. That locker room in Kansas City does it it as well as anybody. I think that's a big point that it's the chemistry in the locker room, the trust between players and coaches Mm -hmm. is a huge key to success, especially when you come in these tight games or games that you just don't feel like you're putting your best foot out there. I do want to ask you about the other side of the ball. The defense coming up big. We see mm-hmm. Chris Jones grab another sack. I mean, through four games, four and a half sacks. Yeah. Didn't even play week one. That's pretty darn good. It's not bad. Mike Dana at the end there, you know, icing yep. the game with that sack on Kirk Cousins. Linebacker Nick Boltley, you know, their, their green dot guy is out right now. And Drew Tranquil's been stepping in. Talk about the defense as, you know, a unit and how they've been able to step up and, dare I say it, be the reason that the Chiefs have been able to climb out of all these games so far. No question. They are the reason. You're right. You brought up the thing that I would have talked about was Drew Tranquil. He was the signing of the offseason, being the green yep. dot. The, t- the fact that the Chiefs ahead, you know, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo trust him enough to put the green dot at him. He calls the plays that they comes into him. It is phenomenal. Um, I, I had a talk with my former linebacker earlier this week. You can catch it on the podcast, but uh, LeBron Kirkland, we talked about that as far as playing an inside backer as opposed to an outside backer. I talked with Chad Brown, also another Steelers teammate. They talked about the fact that being able to play one position when you come into a new team is tough enough, let alone being trusted at all three, which is what they talk about. Drew Tranquil and what he's doing, I mean, he, he led the team in tackles again today, I think for the second straight week. So that's phenomenal. And then the, the other one I think maybe you talked about a little bit or I want to discuss is Legereus Sneed and what yeah. he did. Um, a lot of people have talked about him being one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. And I know, obviously, you've got McDuffie as well. But I, I just saw some, day, some times today where he got up there and one towards the end of the game where he, he just reached out, laid his body out, gave his body up, and, and tipped a ball away and – I just think he's a very physical quarterback as well. So, um, yeah, the defense in general doing some nice things, and you mentioned the pass rush. Anytime you can get there with four, put pressure on four, right. not have to bring drive, 
three, five on the pass rush. That's huge. Obviously, numbers make a difference. And when you have more in the defensive backfield, uh, defending things, it goes well. Well, hey, it went well today. They yes. got things done. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Need for Sneed is definitely. <laughs> I like that. that Very nice. He has Kendall. We appreciate you being on. My pleasure. We'll be back with the post game show after the short break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Absolutely great stuff from Kendall Gammon uh, and Haley Lewis there. I think we did have something pop up here from the Super Chat Tech you wanted us to, to talk about here real quick. So uh, let's see here. Where is this coming from that we were supposed to blow them out? It was a three and a half point spread and a very difficult stadium to win. The doom and gloom is crazy. You know, uh, I don't, you know, I don't think I don't feel a sense of, of doom and gloom and Craig, you're muted, but I don't really feel a super sense of, uh, of, of doom and gloom after this game. Obviously there's going to be some things to take away from it, but um, I, I actually kind of felt walking away that this was a step in the right direction on the offensive side of the ball for sure, you know, compared to some of the stuff that we've seen in recent memory, Craig. Yeah, yeah, it was. And that was by Joe Dugan, by the way. That, that's who threw us that super chat. So shout out to him. Really, really appreciate that. Yeah, I think it was one of those that the way that the Vikings have been winning and playing, I think you expected this offense to maybe look a little bit more in sync against that Minnesota Vikings defense that frankly can't cover anybody out of the slot. And then you expected maybe the four-man rush to have a little bit more success. Overall, it was still a fine performance and certainly a better one than we saw against the New York Jets last week. I, I don't think that anybody has anything to say other than that, you know, regarding those two games. Like, it was a way better performance than it was against the Jets. So it's still out there. I, I just think that we see some of the things that, like, good, good teams that, that this team will play sort of in the back half of the year could exploit some of the things there. So it's one of those holding them to a higher standard than maybe the Vegas spread shows right now because we know that this offense can click in, be a little bit better, and the matchup of all of that. So maybe that's why maybe there's some of the expectation that it wasn't quite as good as it could have been. But if I remember right, the line closed a little bit towards the Vikings. Like the Viking, the money was coming out on the Vikings, it seemed like. So it, it, it definitely wasn't expected to be a blowout. I just think that you kind of look at these two teams, some of the things the Vikings were doing well versus some of the things the Chiefs struggled with, and it was a good matchup for the Chiefs. So it kind of made sense to expect the Chiefs, at least in my opinion, to win. But what happened was the Vikings said, hey, we're not going to blitz 85% of the time this week. Right. Hey, we're not going to blitz 
55% of the time this week, they kind of changed up a little bit of what they did defensively. And I think that kind of took the Chiefs some time to wrap their head around. Like, that's why it's closer. I think that's why you have, I, I don't think there's as much doom and gloom. I just think it's some, there's some people notice some things that are still not working out fully right now that we were hoping to see more complete answers to. And uh, slightly flipping it on the other side, I think the defense, especially once Justin Jefferson and Hawkinson went out, people expect it to look a little bit cleaner than it did. So, like, I don't know if it's gloom and doom. I just think doom and gloom. Ooh, it's reverse that. Yeah. I just think that people are seeing a few things that they're questioning. That's all. I think that's the big one with that. Yeah, and I feel like there's probably... I, this is this is not a statistical. This is this is not statistical. So, Kentalytics coming in. Uh, this is vibes. Um, it feels like there's definitely been stretches in the existence of our time as fans of the Patrick Mahomes offense, where it goes, okay, Chiefs light up the scoreboard, they get up twenty-one nothing, and then they start coasting, and then just things are kind of ugly from there, right? And then what's the storyline? Well, ah, oh man, you know, it was really fun to see this offense get hot. They flex their muscles. They show what they're capable of doing. And then they sat on the football and kind of managed the rest of the game, right? Well, I mean, they a lot of them ended the same place, you know? But they're not like, getting to the sit on the ball, right? I think that's the I know, I know. I'm just saying. The, no, that's I'm the just, frustration. I know. We're I think it's just it. a different kind of frustration because the frustration and the ire was definitely drawn towards, well, you know, they only put 27 points on the board after lighting the scoreboard on fire for the first three possessions of the game. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, we can get back to the offense here in a little bit, but we need to probably address the defensive side of the ball just a little bit. I mean, we're 25 minutes into it here, and uh, it's probably a Kindle's good time. Kindle's the only one. Kindle and Haley are the only ones that have talked about it. Yeah, they, they're the only one that's they're the only one that have touched it to this point. Uh, I just want to, uh, I do want to congratulate. And this is offense, but I do want to congratulate Justin Ross on two catches for 28 yards and matching the yard output of Justin Jefferson for this game. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. doing that to an injured player. Well, oh, yeah. no, now that, that it was he. No, he. No, he, he missed half a game. He didn't miss half. Stop it. Stop it. He did not miss half the game pretty close we'll go find the timestamp when you get it i thought the chiefs did a pretty good job on justin jefferson when he was in the game though craig that they did um and it was a kind of legere steve was following him around to start the game and was giving it to him like he really was uh, justin jefferson was not comfortable with the level of physicality that legerious need was playing with Legereus need made sure to get all of the hands of the face like every last bit of an illegal hands of the face but then when the Chiefs started going to some more zone look, I felt like Trip McDuffie also looked excellent trying to close down Justin Jefferson. And then after Justin Jefferson went out, then we got to see the Legereus Need and Trip McDuffie show. Like we really did. Those two played phenomenally this week. Now you're going to look at Trip McDuffie's stats this week. You know, yards per target, defensive success rate, things like that. They're not going to be as good as they were in some other games. And yet, I I would call easily Trent McDuffie's best game of the year. Just from an impact perspective, getting in the way of things, shutting things down. He was in phase so often, making great open field tackles. Like, this was a terrific game for Trent McDuffie. And then Legereus Steed comes out of this, once again, getting 21% of Kirk Cousins' target going his way. 21%, and he has a 60% defensive success rate so it was better for the defense almost two-thirds of the time for Kirk Cousins to be targeting Legereus Need than you know anywhere else out there so just a real big hat tip to those two there were other guys in the secondary that played well but my goodness both of those played amazingly this week yeah I Legereus Steen continues to be great. He's asked to follow around number one wide receivers. He's making life very difficult for them. And like, yeah, there's some protection that goes into it, but like realistically, he's doing a lot on his own a lot of these times. And he looks great. And he continues, you know, game after game after game to be exceptional there on the outside. 
I I got to go with Trent McDuffie. Like he's the guy that I think kind of makes he stirs the whole drink, right? He does a little bit of everything. And I think to Craig's point, this might not be his best statistical game. I think there was a couple throws late in downs that he gave up on crossing routes. But like just even t- on that last drive, the way he worked over the top of a mesh, closed downhill, made a tackle and bounds to keep the clock running. That's an excellent play with a perfect tackle on it. That like it just I think people would probably gloss over that and just go, oh, there was a target for five yards or whatever he gave up, right? That was a perfect play in the scenario. And there were so many times in this game where the Vikings did get Justin Jefferson away from Legereus Sneed, who was beating him up, who was trying to push him in the sideline because he knew he had safety help over the top. So they put Jefferson in the slot and say, hey, now you get to go work on Trent McDuffie. And I mean, he was in his hip pocket so many times. There was a lot of plays that Kirk Cousins had to pull down and go elsewhere because Trent McDuffie had excellent coverage. And that's not going to show up because it wasn't a target because it runs off the screen. So I just... He was great. Do you guys know Trent McDuffie was tied on this team for the lead in QB hits in this game? Mm. Tied. Well, three. And they were major QB hits. Too. They were. They were totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a perfect transition, honestly, Maddie. I'm going to shut you up and make you uh, bottle that up here for, for a second. Try. You can try. I can keep going. I know you I know you could. Um, I think you could have transitioned this yourself just fine. Um, but yeah, like I think the pass rush is worth talking about today because I... I it, it left something to be desired for sure. You know, we've seen this group get hot earlier in the season. Um, but now here we are and it felt like this group really left a lot on the table. Now, to be fair, Minnesota Vikings, this is not the same offensive line that they've had in the past in recent memory because they've got some people back uh, in the mix and that definitely showed. But man, I you, I just you you wish you could get a little bit more pressure on Kirk Cousins. Uh, than than they were able to today, Craig. Yeah, that's that's kind of the one thing on defense that I look at and I think, man, that should have been better. It allowed the Vikings to sustain drive. Basically, every time Kirk was pressured, whether it be the four-man rush or the blitz, it didn't go great. Now, obviously, he completed some passes. There were some things that still happened there. But by and large, like any hint of pressure for Kirk Cousins was bad news. And... There were long stretches of this game that the Chiefs defense relied on their four-man rush, tried to put plenty of guys in coverage, which is exactly what you want to do when you've got Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, K.J. Osborne, and you know T.J. Hawkinson on the other side of the ball. You don't want to have to bring the blitz. And, oh, yeah, Kirk's pretty good against the blitz. He wasn't today, though. Like uh, That's when you saw it really impact. So that's it was such a stark difference between what was happening with the blitz what happened with the four-man rush because that it was so noticeable that they weren't getting any pressure on Kirk. Rush lanes, I, I was really kind of put off by the fact that rush lanes were not there. I, granted, Kirk Cousins isn't going to get out there and run. Certainly, there were a number of times where he could have and chose not to. You know, like uh, plenty of uh, ample opportunity where he just didn't. But it, it really wasn't very disciplined. You didn't see guys win very George Karloftis really had a, a, a rough game today. Like he he really did have a rough game. I know Mike Dana was dealing with some rib injuries, came up big there at the end. Chris Jones, we we saw him win a handful of times there. Felix Sanaduke Ozama got himself a nice QB hit as well. But most of the rest of the pressure that we saw throughout the game came because Steve Spagnola was not just bringing one blitzer, but two or three. Like he was having to bring the house to get pressured in this game. And that's not something that should have been the case based on how the Vikings have performed this year, how they protected this year, and how long Kirk Cousins likes to hold on to the ball. Yeah, I, I, that was a huge, I, I guess, issue. It was an issue last week versus the Jets, and it showed up again here. It's the four-man pass rush is really struggling right now. I think the good news for Chiefs fans, and I guess this is why it probably hasn't been as big of a talking point as it should be, is Charles Aminahue comes back in one more game. One more game without him, then he comes back, then you give it a few more weeks to see what it looks like. And then once that comes in, then you make your judgment. Like the help is on the way. And the help is was honestly their big like off-season move. He was their big off-season move. And that's what's recurring. Like that's what's coming back. I think we all should have pretty high hopes for him. I think you've seen the Chiefs experimenting a lot with Chris Jones playing the end. I bet that continues with Omenihue because Steve Spagnuolo's already talked up Omenihue's ability to kick inside. I personally liked his preseason tape outside even more. So like maybe on early downs that should, or maybe both. We'll see what happens, right? But help is coming there. 
but it was an issue in this game. Like, George Karloftis, his hand fighting, we've talked about his hand technique looks a lot better this year, but it's still a slog sometimes to get to the quarterback. And he had his hands full beating Brian O'Neill there on the right side time and time again, getting one-on-one matchups. It really was a little rough. And the Chiefs went through this phase there in that second half where they really didn't want to blitz. They seemed a little, not timid, but they just were unsure if they wanted to blitz. Then they obviously ramped it up there at the end of the game again. Huh, wonder if C. Spagnuolo's done that in the past. I don't know, like a week ago or something. Like a week ago, and every year that he's been in Kansas City at the beginning of... Right. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it just took a little dip there. And maybe it's a Chris Jones groin injury. He hasn't seemed quite as impactful or dominant as he has that first game back against Jacksonville. You know, like, I think he'll round back into shape. He's still collecting a sack a week. So, hey, he's still, he still mattered. He's still making his impact on the game. It's just, it's not at the level as it seemed like it might be that first week. So, it, it's something to take. It's something we all see. But realistically, right now, at least for one more week, they're going to rely on the Blitz to get pressure. And that, that's okay. That's it. That's the Steve Spagnuolo defense. We've been here and we've done that for years in Kansas City. Well, that's in four days. <laughs> it's in four. We're four days and we're four days until this team straps them back on and uh, and uh, and does it again. It's, so it's a good thing they played the Broncos, right? Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm. We'll see. There's there's a whole week to talk about this. Uh, Tucker D. Franklin is ready to come in here with some notes from the press conference. Tucker D. Franklin, hello. Hi, guys. What's going on? A couple notes from the presser today. First, I need to get to this one because it's been a little too long into this podcast before we mention this. But did you know that Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback in NFL history to beat all other 31 teams before the age of 30 since the introduction of 32 teams in 2002? Patrick Mahomes only needed the Minnesota Vikings to beat, and he did it today. Uh, obviously in 2019 when he was the starting quarterback, did not play against the Minnesota Vikings as that was a Matt Moore game. Uh, very exciting stat the there. Matt Moore game. Insane, man. The, Insane. Yes. Insane. 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 Um, but a couple of uh, injury reports here. Uh, this is from our, our friend Jordan Foote, who's reporting on this press conference that uh, has, has gone on. No big-time Chiefs injury updates from Andy Reid. Confirms Travis Kelsey had an ankle injury. Reveals that Drew Tranquil had a knee injury. And Mike Dana also uh, had a rib injury and got banged up, but they both played through those. Um, Andy Reid, on what Travis Kelsey told him after halftime, quote, just give me a minute, I'm going to get this thing right. Uh, so Travis Kelsey said, just set me up for a little bit, and then I'll get things going. And obviously we saw a lot of a lot of Chiefs fans out there today in Minnesota, and he said, when you come out and see all that red, it's impressive. That was a great thing. So a couple of nuggets from the press conference. I'll let you guys know if I see anything else. I got my eyes and ears to the ground. Uh, out here on the Twitter streets. So uh, back to you, Kent. Yeah, fearless leader, BJ, fearless leader BJ Kissel's hanging out uh, at uh, at the stadium as well at US Bank Stadium as well. Yeah. Uh, you know it, it is interesting though because you talk about Dana with the ribs, and I know he played through it and got the sack into the game. And you know Chris has been dealing with some injuries, and you know Frank will had a knee today. Frank will yeah. had a knee, but I just it's interesting. Like we, the pass rush, yeah, like it's not the the healthiest pass rush, and like Chris definitely is getting back into the swing of things, and like still good. Don't get me wrong, but like and still productive. Like he's still he's still getting a sack a game for sure. But you know, Chris is you know his time's coming as the season kind of gets on a little bit more, and hopefully he can get right and get healthy. This is going to be an important little stretch here for him. But uh, yeah, you know that's. Uh, it's it's not great to see the the pass rush you know getting a little beat up at this point in the season. So, you know, I think it's something to monitor. Uh, mini bye week coming up. Mini bye week coming up. Right, you get through Thursday. It, it's short. It's short notice, but then after that, you get a good chunk of time off. Right, so like that's what they're kind of playing for at this point in time is you battle through a divisional game against a team that's been struggling. And no matter how ugly it is, if you come out with the win, you're happy, and then you have some time for for all these guys to kind of get cleared up and uh, see where they go from there. It is yeah, funny. Absolutely. Oh, go go go, no, Craig! Fine. That that was my that was my great tag in right there, buddy. Um, I do want to I want to bring something up. Let's switch back to the offensive side of the ball here. Yes, saw this number from uh, Kevin Cipher Cipher ESPN. The Vikings. Oh, uh, I'm going to ask you both to guess how many or what the percentage of blitz the Vikings put on Patrick Mahomes today. So, oh my, Craig, goodness. I want you to Craig, you go first. I'm going to say 17%. 17% blitz. Yeah. Matthew, let's see. 34. 34% blitz. Per ESPN, I believe this is where, because that's ESPN stats and info. So there's some objectivity here, right? 
The Vikings blitz Patrick Mahomes on 50% of his dropbacks today, second oh. highest rate of his career. Wow. And I mean, like, and they, look, they have feel like that much. Well, it depends on yeah. what, you know, what, what, what they're defining sure. is blitz yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. Um, I'm going to guess that he saw five rushers a lot though. And, you know, and it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You see, you see them trying to blitz. You see them trying to, you know, rattle some of these younger receivers. The games up front, I, the, I think the Chiefs still had their struggles with some of the games up front, like they did against the Jets this week, last week. It feels like that was a theme this week with some of that and some of the pressure that was getting on Patrick Mahomes, Matthew. I mean, yeah, that's that was I think their plan. I think on third downs, I'm surprised. I'm still kind of rattled that it was so high because I don't think it, yeah. that seemed that seemed high. But I I knew it wasn't super low, knowing the Vikings that some plays do stick out, and like obviously it played a role. So they blitz the Chiefs roughly half the plays. It, they came into this game with the plan of knowing they wanted to put pressure on Mahomes, wanted to make him move around, make quick decisions with these young receivers and make sure everyone's on the same page. I understand the logic behind it, but then also like thinking back, I, I'm interested to see when they were because if they were blitzing a lot on those la- those two drives coming out of halftime when the Chiefs methodically just moved the ball down the field, th- mm. that would make, I'm going to be like, hmm, that seems like a bad idea from you guys. I, I don't know when the blitzes came, right? It's like, I, I'm intrigued to go back and watch now just because that's something you don't usually do. And 50%, like you said, is the second highest rate in Patrick Mahomes' uh, career. I thought the offensive line was actually doing a pretty good job sorting a lot of it out, too. That the offensive line played played pretty well. I, I, early in the game, Donovan Smith looked like he was struggling a little bit, but then he settled down. I thought they were doing a good job picking stuff out. The Chiefs were doing a good job getting the ball out quick there in the second half. So I guess the Vikings were sending pressure, and whether it was having a huge impact or not, the Chiefs found a way to get around it. It's like that's... That's something you would like. That's something you like to see if you're Chiefs fans. I'm just, I'm, I'm still a little shook. That's a, that's a lot. But either way, regardless of what the blitz rate was, it was nice to not come away from a game and go, oh man, we got to talk about Joan Taylor. You know, it, no, it, it, it was good. It was good. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he had a perfect game by any means, but this wasn't one of those that we looked at and went, oh man, getting the crap beat out of him. He's, they're calling all kinds of penalties on him. We got to pay attention to all this stuff. He was fine, and that's good. You know, again, like I said in the you know in the lead up to this game, there were it, it was going to feel a little bit better because it you, this wasn't the Jets' pass rush and how terrifying yeah. it can be there. The waves of guys that they can throw at you certainly felt a lot more like hey, when they went to a four man rush, it wasn't like guys were on top of Patrick Mahomes immediately or crushing the pocket immediately. It was much better. So that that was a good thing to see. And yeah, if they really did blitz that much, and again, going to go back and watch this. I, I'm, I'm just as shocked as Maddie on that. But hey, that's that's a hell of a job, especially by the Chiefs' interior offensive line because Patrick Mahomes didn't have free rushers coming down the barrel at him all game long. So hey, hell yeah, well done, offensive line. Uh, Tucker D. Franklin's about to jump in, and the D stands for DraftKings. You absolutely know it stands for DraftKings. And you know when I come in here that we are ready to talk about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. And uh, the NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code KCSN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Back to you, Kent. I remember when we were talking on uh, Thursday night and Craig said 104 and a half yards on Justin Jefferson. That's the that's the over under. Oh, hammering the under. 
great job. I don't I don't care if he had I don't it was it Maddie? Oh, okay. It was Maddie. Well I tried to <laughs> this I tried man, to... he take he cuts me out of the show <laughs> early and now he tries to steal Steal my victory yeah. laugh about no, one. No, no, mine was all about how George was easily going to get an uh, order of a sack this game. That, I, that's uh, what mine was about. I think that, yeah, there's some selective hearing going on right there. You can go ahead. You can go back. You can get back to your point of trying to discredit me. Uh, I do want to talk about this quote that Charles Goldman tweeted out. Patrick Mahomes said that it was hard to prepare for the Vikings blitz package, going back to what we were just talking about. Said it was like preparing to play spags and had big praise for wide receiver Justin Watson for making that big play on a blitz. That's absolutely true. That was a huge moment in that game for sure. We're going to be looking back on that. I mean, that was the third long anyway. Like, we probably haven't given that play enough of its flowers because that was an absolutely huge moment. Uh, another quote here from Andy Reid. Thought the receivers as a group did a nice job. They are growing. I echo that sentiment. They are absolutely growing, uh, and uh, it's it's good to see. Uh, any other points that you guys want to make, offense or defense? Anything you want to get off your chest, you know, before the lab on Monday night and uh, before we go to toast game? I, I want to deposit a question to you two guys. Okay. Yes, please. I, I, very, I have a question here. Oh. What do we do with Sky Moore? Because <laughs> though he is being, I, listen, I, I'm not trying to make this just running a player down. I think that what he does, I don't know if there's any single person on the team that is ready to step in and take that role. I don't know if there's anybody that is ready to take on that route tree. The problem is even not running that route tree, they could be just as effective as Sky Moore is out there. I mean, he's not accomplishing much of anything when they need a go-to play. Travis Kelsey's hurt. They're bringing in Justin Ross. They're playing Rasheed Rice. They're doing literally anything to not have to throw the ball to Sky Moore. What do you do with Sky Moore moving forward? How do you allocate the snaps that are coming his way right now? Because it just it's not worth it. And I have the same question about MVS, I guess, but like at least his role is a lot more limited. Whereas Sky Moore has a very important role in what an Andy Reid offense is. I all right, so I'll say this. Sky Moore has left something to be desired for me, undoubtedly. I am going to try. I think I'm consciously going to try a little bit to not be too week in, week out reactive to this receiver group. Now, sky sample size is growing, and it's like, okay, when come on, chop, chop. Um, but also, like, I just feel like there's going to be so much variance week in, week out with this group. And it's just like, it's just going to be like this the rest of the season. In one week, it's going to be, oh, hey, good stuff by Sky Moore, catching a back shoulder touchdown. And then he's going to be on ice for two weeks. And then, you know, MVS is going to catch a 56-yard touchdown get, that gets called back by a ridiculous offsides penalty. Like, it just feels like there's Don't never... Quit running. Well, yeah. There's just, like, I don't know. It just feels like there, this is this is going to be... This is the new normal. And it doesn't necessarily... There, there might be some guys that ascend, but I don't think you're ever going to have a consistent, steady force within that group, except for Rashi Rice, who is always going to get his. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm... I don't know, Maddie. like... I don't know what to do within this week and weeks prior, but like there's probably a big game or two coming somewhere within this whole within within the confines of this this season, I think. Yeah, I I, I think that'll be the case. I, I think we'll see Sky Moore step up at some point in time, but I think maybe and I, I'll lay this at my feet as well. I think maybe some of the offseason hype was a little overblown. You know, I we heard sure. Steve Spagnolo Legarius Sneed, Trent McDuffie, talk about how, wow, look at how comfortable he is in the offense. Look at how incredible he looks in this offense. And I took maybe some of the lack of hype, the lack of targets, the lack of the first team reps and stuff like that in the preseason as they've got a defined plan for this man. And they are going to go out there. They're going to run it. He's going to be open. He's going to be this integral part of the offense. And we are now five weeks in. And boy, howdy, he does not look like he there's a plan. I mean, there's a plan. It's just not working, right? It's, it's like not. So yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you guys. Like, give it time, and there's gonna be a game where he probably pops off, right? Like that's absolutely agreeable. My question is, do you start taking some of his snaps to get other guys on the field though? At this point, Machine Rice, Justin Ross, Kadarius Tony are playing limited snaps. Do you start to eat into some of Sky more snaps to put them on the field? I I would uh, it's hard yeah. to say. I I, I, I was yeah. gonna say no, but it took Travis Kelsey kind of going out of the game in that third quarter there for Rishi Rice to get 
maybe some of the snaps that he deserved. And guess what? When Rasheed Rice is on the field, who is Patrick Mahomes trusting? Like, I mean, that's the thing. It wasn't just yeah. the touchdown there. There was an incomplete pass that he threw to Rice that Rice got a little bit held up on that was 1,000% a go get this, Rasheed. I trust you to do that. We don't see that. We saw that back shoulder fade, but we don't see that regularly out of Sky Moore. We are already seeing that between Patrick Mahomes and Rasheed Rice. So I think I have to say yes because I, I, I just – Patrick Mahomes seems – to trust him just a little bit more than he does Sky Moore at this point, even with the drops. Hey, do you guys off the cuff know the record of the New England Patriots? Bad. I actually I, looked at this recently. So, yeah. I watched they're that one, game. They're one and four, and they haven't scored in two weeks, yeah. and they're terrible. And I'm just going to say this. Um, the Chiefs could fit Juju Smith-Schuster's contract in 2023 under the cap. Uh, I don't know if he has a knee. You're right. But <laughs> Chiefs would know if he has a knee. <laughs> the Chiefs would know if he has a knee. And also, uh, the Chiefs know how to use him, and he knows how to operate within this offense. I, I'm I, not I guess my yet. point, I guess my point, it can't be yet. worse. I mean. You, you want to rest Kelsey a little bit? You're going to get someone to slot in that spot. I, I can tell you one player that can do it pretty good. It's what I'm just. I'm, I'm just not there yet. Let the I, young yeah. kids have an opportunity. I'm fine with. I know this guy's not putting everything out there right now, but I'm fine with giving him the opportunity. Let him try. To work it, through it. it doesn't have to be, you know, Thursday night football this week. Um, and they've got another month to that he gets cheaper. <laughs> I mean, but I just, you know, that's that's that one. That one's the one that makes some sense to me. Get him involved, you know. He it's gonna be it's not gonna be a, a a big learning curve for him to get back in here. I would you trade Sky Moore for Juju Smith Schuster? Would you give up on Sky Moore and trade him no. to the New England Patriots? No. So, okay, no, no, no. I'm just curious. Left on a rookie deal. Right. No. I'm just curious. It's no. just I'm asking the question. I just, you know you deserve you deserve a little backlash for that question, but like not too much. You deserve. A they little got deal. they got three receivers, four receivers on rookie contracts right now. I'm just. Which is why you let them work it out. If you're going to go young in the offseason, you're not going to commit to trying to bring in somebody. You can't switch horses five weeks in. Like I'm not again. It's not five weeks. It's 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 the trade deadline. I mean trade deadline. I understand. I understand. And I even said, you know, if Travis Kelsey is down for any period of time, then hey, guess what becomes the number one priority at the trade deadline. But I think we saw Justin Ross get a lot. I not think Justin Ross got a lot more run today. So I, I think that they are experimenting with some of the ways to use some of these guys. Still, I, I don't think that all is lost as far as the chiefs wide receiver group is, is, you know, with the young guys, let them run. Don't, don't shorten that leash yet. I cannot, I, I, I can't wait to talk about Rashi or uh, Justin Ross on Monday show. As some they, very defined, very defined. I mean, I'm debating either writing about it or talking about it on the lab. I don't know yet. It's a very, it was a very defined opportunity, which I'm, this is not knocking it, but it's, it's great to see. Uh, and I am really looking forward to it. And I'm just super glad that Mahomes showed so much trust in him so quickly on that. We'll get into, I'm not going to get too far down the rabbit hole on that. It is time for toast game here presented by Ben holiday, bottled in bond bourbon, the absolute best bourbon. Ugh. So good. I'm so uh, I'm so excited about that. But anyways, let's go to Haley at the Kingdom Bar and Grill for her toast game. All right, thank you, Kate. We got our toast games ready over here at the Kingdom Bar. We've been telling y'all see the law and this the place to be. And we got some old fashioned. It's the much thanks to Ben Holiday, the bourbon in these drinks. Taylor joining me now, my friend. You're gonna start us off with these toast games. I'm gonna give me a toast too. I'm gonna toast to Travis battling through injuries, getting those touchdowns. Uh, it's, you know, go Chiefs. A solid choice there. Travis Kelsey coming back in the second half, getting a heck of a touchdown there. I got to give it to Justin Watson, though. Two unbelievable catches that definitely advanced the Chiefs and their scoring drives. So good on Justin Watson. Way to get it done. We'll throw it back to Kent and the boys at home. Who yelled that? 
Tucker, if I spring this on you, are you ready for your toast game or uh <laughs> are you good? Absolutely not. Born absolutely not good. Um but you know how I roll, Kent. You know that Travis Kelsey, I saw a tweet from uh, Ian Rappaport, which should have, uh, I, I hope by the time I go look it up, it's deleted, but it's not, sadly. Uh, he, he tweeted, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey suffered a low ankle sprain based on the initial diagnosis, So a source said. And of course, he shook it off, returned, and caught a touchdown. Ian needs to delete that tweet because it is uh, quite possibly worse than any joke Kent has ever made. <laughs> but I'm going to give, and then raise my glass, uh, to Travis Kelsey. No, I'm just kidding. To good health. And as we uh, as we get uh, prepared for this, uh, the turf needs to be replaced. I think Minnesota already does have some plans in place to replace that turf next year, but it needs to be replaced soon. I know they're already talking about turf in London as well with the retractable pitches and everything like that. But turf, again, at the forefront of the conversation, and it shouldn't be. Uh, but I'm giving a, a, a good hefty cheers to rehabilitation and the Chiefs training staff for getting uh, Patrick Mahomes back on the field. Good job, Tuck. Thank you. No one's Love ever it. seen Rap Sheet and Kit in the same room. Just uh, that's a great room. Well, sure. no one can see Rap Sheet because he's so short. I'm that taller than him. Did you see me? Was I up? I was listening to Tuck still. Um, yeah. My toast game is going to Mike Edwards. I, yeah, Mike yeah, Edwards yeah. just continues to make plays. Plays all, There was the play down on the sideline where he showed great range on a slot fade to Justin Jefferson, helped Trent McDuffie break up that pass. He flew into the backfield to stuff a run. Like He's been an exceptional third safety. I've seen some people claiming that he needs to play more over a Brian Cook or Justin Reed. I'm not there. I I like him in the role that he's in where he can go be a playmaker and not relied to be on a not relied to be a consistent player. That's where he took a step back in Tampa. Leave him as a third safety. He's great at making plays. He's been phenomenal for the Chiefs, and this might have been his best game of the year. So shout out Mike Edwards. The, the Chiefs, this game gets a lot dicier without Mike Edwards out there. Absolutely the case. Absolutely the case there. Um, Mike Edwards, getting a little spicy there. He, he's playing some reps over Brian Cook, or at least he did last week when Brian Cook was healthy. So keep keep an eye on that there. But uh, this would be problems. Certainly. Certainly good problems to have. Um, kid, do you want me to go? Do you want to go? You go. How do you feel? Okay, I'll go. I was going to take the entire secondary, but Maddie took one of them, so I'm not okay. taking the entire secondary. Um, I am going to take Joseph Watson. Justin Watson right now is averaging 13.6 yards per target. So when Patrick Mahomes throws in the ball, good things happen. This is not what we have seen out of Justin Watson so far this year. Where you know in previous years under Andy Reid, it's not one of those. There's just oh, it's only go balls, and we're targeting them a lot, and it's not really working out, and all of that. He has been efficient. He has been timely he has been clutch it has been so good to have a guy like Justin Watson on this team full of young wide receivers that need to learn how everything is done how Patrick wants things done how you know Andy wants things done we kind of looked at MBS as that guy and he may be that in the film room but on the field right now it's Justin Watson he was the most important offensive player today yes even more so than Travis Kelsey because of the massive plays that he made it yeah. when this team needed him the most. So I'm giving a toast to Justin Watson. Love it. I want to read this quote real quick that he gave Sam McDowell mm-hmm. about the third and 18 catch and the ensuing uh, celebration. He said, <clears throat> take the elevator up to the penthouse. Not everybody's access card swipes that high. Love it. I wow, love that. That man is feeling himself a little bit, and he should. Should that be. Is, boy, that is a whole lot of swag. <laughs> I was not ready. I was not ready for that. That is a risking I've a ever heard of. Finding play like that, you better have some swag around it. Dude, uh, Travis better watch out. Because Taylor Swift, she hears that quote. What happens when you go to Penn? Uh, Rashi Rice is getting my toast game. Uh, not only did he not drop his first target, he did not drop any target today. Uh, four or three catches, 33 yards, and uh, or four catches, 33 yards, and a big touchdown. Uh, obviously, that was a huge possession for him. And it's, it is, you can kind of see Mahomes building more and more confidence with Rashi Rice, and we absolutely love to see it. 
it's absolutely massive to have him kind of get his own. You know, Jordan Addison goes 664 and a touchdown, had a great game. But hey, guess what, Kansas City? Your receiver that you took in the top 50 picks, he ain't so bad either, huh? He's getting better and better. He's not your usual rookie. He's going to do more numbers than I think we kind of anticipate. I mean, he's going to be a five, 600-yard receiver this it, when it's all said and done this year. So uh, shout out to Rishi Rice. Hopefully he continues to grow, get better. It's fun to see him firing all cylinders. Rishi Rice, my toast game. I do want to tag up with one thing before we leave here. It's really quick. Chiefs Let's communication, their, their PR team put this out there. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have connected for 49 touchdowns since they played together. That is the most by a duo in team history. That happened today. Ooh. So, well, hey. Hey. Shout out to the greatest duo in the history of our sport. And yeah. the greatest tight end and quarterback in the history of our sport. Yeah. We'll be back on Monday to break this game down and, our, and start thinking about Denver already probably because it's in like 70 hours. I'm not even emotionally ready for this game. I don't know how these players are going to be, but shout out to them. Get ready for Thursday night football. That is going to do it for this episode of the kcsn live post game show chiefs win 27 20 moved to four to one and hey are still in first place in the afc catch you later but yeah kingdom bar and grill on thursday oh yeah come hang you should everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.